Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. As you know, and we said this in the beginning of the program, during 2022, we lost several NHL stars, including the incomparable Guy Lafleur, Mike Bossy, Clark Gillies, and this week, Borja Salmi. The Maple Leafs all-star defenseman who perhaps more than any other North American, non-North American-born, raised and trained NHL player, opened up the league to the entry of the international star players. Um, he arrived with Inga Hammerstrom from Sweden. And uh, Inga Hammerstrom would return to Sweden fairly quickly, but Boreas Salming faced the challenges placed in his way, and he earned the respect and certainly was a tremendously skilled hockey player who won over fans over his 16 seasons with the Maple Leafs. All-time leader in games played at 1,099 points by defenseman, 768. And in 1996, Borja Salming was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame and in 2017 was included in the NHL's 100 Greatest Players lineup. Earlier this month, he was present in Toronto for two nights of being honored during the Hall of Fame weekend, and almost everyone by then knew Borja Salming's battle with the ALS was ongoing and as we know, he died earlier this week. So joining me is one of the all-time great NHL players, former captain of the Montreal Canadiens, who played for the Habs for 12 seasons from 1982 to 1993-94, before concluding his career with the St. Louis Blues and the Dallas Stars. Guy Carboneau, who, uh, of course, faced Boris Salming on the ice. Guy, thank you very much uh, for, for joining us, coming back on the program. It has been a rough year. We've lost many great stars, including your, your very personal friend, Guy Lafleur. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a tough, like you said, I think it's been a tough year. Um, you know, I'm 62 years old, so I'm getting there in age, and I guess, uh, you know, everybody's uh, aging, and we're just in that that part of the, you know, the great NHL players that are a little older, and uh, so it, it was, uh, I think it's going to keep going, but it's it was unfortunate to lose all those uh, great, great players at the, in a close, close period of time. Yeah. I, w- I was thinking earlier today, and you spoke with us on the air in April after the death of your friend and Canadians legend Guy Lafleur. I was thinking this is where strong team structures and players, alumni staying in touch would be really important. And you have you have that with the Habs, don't you? Yeah, we did. I think you know Montreal Canadian was one of the first uh, team really to get uh, the alumni involved. Uh, they spent uh, and they still spend a lot of money. Uh, you know trying to keep that together uh they we're helping a lot of uh older players uh you know I, everybody knows the salaries in those days were not uh not as high as today so uh a lot of people are in need um there's a lot of you know injuries uh illness uh whatever drug alcohol uh, Guy, you were just talking about how important the structure is within a team and the alumni yes yeah, I mean, you know, I think that's part of it. Like, I'm, I'm on the board here in, uh, with the Canadian alumni, and I'm on the board with uh, the NHL alumni. And uh, we, we, you know, I think what we see in the last 10, 15, 20 years is uh, a lot of, uh, you know, I guess people are getting older, and the salaries are not as high, you know, in those days than it is today. So uh, a lot of people are in need, uh, whatever medical attention, uh, money, you know, attention. 
uh, as we see and then as, as we say in in those association you know the the time that you play in the NHL is a lot shorter than the time you spend on the alumni um, sheet so uh, you know it, it's 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 fun to be involved uh, but you know I think you see it more and more often now uh, throughout the NHL not just here in Montreal but uh, I think pretty much every team now uh, understands the situation and and really work hard to uh, have some some stuff uh, that we can provide to those people are are need. Yeah. When, when you think of Borja Salming, what are your memories of him? Well, I mean, it wasn't those days like there was not a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Europeans in the NHL. I, I think you know uh, we were talking about that this week because you know uh, I think everybody was excited to to remember things about Borgie, but he was one of the first uh, European, definitely one of the first like the first Swedish players to play in the NHL. And I remember when uh, Matt Maslin came in with the Montreal Canadiens, um, it was not easy for him. I mean, there were. I would say abused, but uh, there were this, you know, I, I think, uh, and, and playing against Borgie, uh, he was a tough, tough player on the ice, but he got abused a little bit, you know, being a detachment in the corners. Uh, there was a lot of people that were not happy to see those guys on the ice. So uh, you have to give credit to those guys first to leave their country, uh, leave with their family to, to, you know, to play in, in a different style of, of game and, uh, and you know, not only there were you know there were great players on the ice. So and he was one of those guys. Was one of the great players that played throughout the years. Like you said, he had a 17-year career. Um, you know, only, only I can only say good things about him. Like he was uh, he was not easy to play against. He could play both sides of the of the ring, like offense, defense, and like I said, he was uh, he's a tough guy to play against. Yeah, and we keep hearing the, how good a teammate he was and how much his teammates really enjoyed being around him. He was just a good guy. And he did open the door for, for international players. Yeah, I think we saw that, you know, last uh, couple of weeks ago uh, during the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, like you said, he was there for two days, and I think everybody that was had the chance to play with him and be around him in those days were there. And, and uh, uh, there was not a lot of people that... Uh, that didn't cry and and when we had that ceremony on the ice. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, just as fans, uh, we really, of course, uh, adopt certain players, right? We just have our favorite players. Uh, you were certainly always one of my favorite players. Uh, Guy Lafleur was always one of my favorite players. Patrick Roy. I'm, I'm good. My my, you know, my heart bleeds red, white, and blue, right? So, so it's going to be. If I choose an all-star team, it's going to be all Montreal Canadiens. That's just the oh, way it is. is that right? well, <laughs> but, but it's, yeah. We, we, but when we lose these players, for the fans, we don't we don't know you personally, yeah. but you're a part of our lives. You're such an important. We sit down and we we pay attention to a game because you're playing. And that's you reach into people's homes and you reach into their hearts. And when a when a player dies, it's like a personal loss to the fans. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think we saw that where more like you know, especially this year with with uh, with Guy Lafleur. I mean, uh, you can you can do or say the same thing about John Bellevue and Maurice oh, gosh, Carr yeah. when he died. But like you know, television was not as popular in those days than it is today. Uh, so you know, I think. Pretty much everybody saw Guy Lafleur play at one point, uh, except the young kids. So you know, obviously, when he died, 
Mike Bossy was the same thing. Uh, Clark Gillies was the same. So, uh, you know, when you lose those guys, you kind of connect with more people and uh, more people have had the chance to see them. And they're, like you said, like, you know, the attachment uh, of a team uh, and every time you lose a guy like that from that team is, is, uh, is, is, is huge. Yeah. I'm just going to share one quick story with you about Jean Beliveau. So I was 16 years of age. I had my first job in radio, spinning records. And the story came out that Sam Pollock, I don't know whether Sam Pollock was general manager of the Habs, whether he was just trying to get attention, but he was, there was a story that he was considering maybe trading Jean Beliveau. So at 16 years of age, I, gra- <laughs> I grabbed the letter with the letterhead of the radio station, right? I've only been on the radio station for a couple of weeks. But I grabbed the letterhead, and I write this indignant letter to Sam Pollock. How dare you consider trading Jean Beliveau? And I, I, you know, I was a 16-year-old kid. I wrote this letter that just ripped Pollock, and I sent it. And I copied, I sent a copy of it to Jean Beliveau. And I let him know where I was working and what the phone number was, right? So the next morning, the next weekend I'm working and the phone rings in the studio. And I answer and I hear that voice, Guy. There was no mistaking who it was. Yeah. It was Jean Beliveau. And he said, so very, yeah, he said very kindly, he says, Monsieur Green, I just want to thank you for the letter you wrote. It means a lot. Thank you. That not only made my day, it's made my life. <laughs> I never forgot that. Yeah, he was a great man. Like, I had, you know, I, I keep saying this to people. Like, you know, I, I was drafted at 19 years old. You know, I'm a kid from Quebec City. Uh, I, you know, I played hockey since I was young. Uh, and every Saturday when you watch the game, there was the Montreal Canadiens. So, obviously, Maurice Richard, which I didn't see that much, Jean Beliveau, but Guy Lafleur and all those guys were part of my life. And, you know, having a chance to be drafted by the Canadians and starting my career, you know, um, I have the chance to go see the Canadian once in a while. But, you know, in my days, uh, when I, you know, when I started, like Jean Beliveau and Maurice Richard and Henri Richard and Yvonne Cronoyer and all those guys were always at the rink. Uh, whatever it was the games, after games, before games, uh, they would come in the room and uh, every every dinner or event that we had, uh, those guys were always around and, and willing to talk to us. So uh, it was a really good time to, to start a, a career. Yeah, absolutely. Can I ask you a favor? Could you give me an idea of who might might make your, might make Geek Carbono's all-time all-star uh Five, you know, five starting players lineup. Well, if, if if you talk about guys that I didn't play with, uh, I mean, it, there's always going to be debate. Uh, you know, I had the chance to play with and against not with, but against um, Wayne Gretzky, and I, I you know, it, it's tough enough to put him at center. I know some people would say. Uh, Mario Lemieux, and it, it would be a, a good choice. But for me, I think Wayne, with all, you know, breaking the records and things like that, I think I would put Wayne. Uh, I'd definitely put Red Hall as, as, a, as right wing uh, or Guy Lafleur. You know, it, it's so hard. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so many good players around. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, But, you know, I, I think I would put uh, Wayne there. I definitely, I think Guy Lafleur uh, on the right, right wing. Uh Defenseman is probably be Bobby Orr and 
and Nicholas Lidstrom was not that bad either. Yeah, he um, wasn't, eh? Uh, Seven Norris in goal, <laughs> In goal. Uh, that would be, uh, you know, I, I played with Patrick so many years, and, and I won two cups with him, so I have to put him there. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I think I'm missing a left wing, which is always tough, but uh, I would probably, you know, If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.